just wanted to welcome all of you. And getting into today's topic of the mind. One of the things that I would want to highlight, and this is just from yesterday itself. So we live on this beautiful property in the forest, in Tahoe National Forest. And yesterday, I went up for a hike in this open space that we have. And as I went up, I took this hike, I got up to this open space, really, which is the most peaceful place on earth, I find. Literally, it's, you can hear silence. That's, that's the level of, of where you can be at. And so I found that as I was in that space of silence, my mind could not relax. And you would think when, when everything, when all the noise is settled down in the world, when, when you have no distractions, no devices, you know, even my dogs had gone off somewhere, they were exploring the woods, and I was just literally there by myself, and yet I couldn't find that sense of relaxation, or even just that, that sense of peace, because the mind was constantly thinking of, of things, or it was being attached to this. So I bring this example up because whether you are in the most peaceful place, that's what we think, right? We think that we would want to be in a peaceful place. You know, when I'm in this peaceful place, I'm going to find ease. I'm going to be able to let myself relax. I'm going to really master my mind. And that's not the case. What it really is, I mean, you could be in the middle of the busiest place in the world, which I consider Times Square. You could sit down in the middle of Times Square and still find peace. But it, it, or you could be in the most peaceful place in the middle of the woods where everything is just pin drop silence. But the challenge here is that the environment doesn't matter. It's really an internal mechanism that you have to, to work through. So while I was sitting outside yesterday in this pin drop silence, I just began to observe what's going on. What is the, the what are the thoughts? And the thoughts that were coming were primarily of, you know, where are my dogs right now? Am I safe here right now? You know, what am I going to, you know, when should I say pause here? When should I go back? When's the best time? Is it getting too dark? All these things around just internal safety. And we could talk about safety in another another topic, another day, but it's one of those things where the, you know, when the mind is in the body does not feel safe, then it's going to overtake a lot of your resources, your internal resources. And so the key here is to find that safety. And one way to find that safety is really to observe the different elements of your mind. And I'm going to talk about the mind today in the context of the yogic 
system where in having a background in yoga for the past 20 years, it's something that I've studied, something that I've observed with my own practice and found just this idea of observing, of actually witnessing what's going on inside the space. You might think, okay, well, here's the challenge where when you think of your mind or when you look at your mind, it's like everything is all one thing. And that's not the case. There's different voices. There's different players that you might be able to recognize. And in the yogic system, they break it down nicely. So one thing is there's, there are the memories that you have. There are, there's the lower mind, which I'll get into what that means, or the thinking mind. There's the ego. There is the higher mind. And these four components offer different voices within our mental space. And the key here is to figure out which voice is active and being able to then determine what's the step forward. And so let me take a step back, is that, yes, there's these different voices, and you might think as you're, as you're listening to this, that, yeah, there are different voices, there, but they all sound like the same. They all sound all as one voice. And I'll break it down for you today as to what are those different voices so that you can identify for yourself which voice is speaking at any given time. And the beauty of all of this is that you are not any of those voices. Consider yourself the witness to all of those voices. And when you can get into that witness space, and I'll talk about that in a moment, that's where you can start living a more present life, a more conscious existence. You can start recognizing and not get caught up in this mental chatter of yours. And this is what happened, <clears throat> excuse me, yesterday, is I, as I was sitting there, this chatter was so active. It was really not grounded at all in safety. And so with the minute that I, that witness part of me recognized that, I simply had to just take a breath. I simply had to just remind myself, I am safe, I am okay. Close my eyes and and once that process kicked off, the mind started to settle down. The thoughts started to, to not be as overactive. So it's a, it's a practice. It's something that you have to work with. But let's look at these, these ideas of what are the different components of the mind. And I'll start with the one that people struggle with the most, which is the ego. And most people think, all right, I, I need to kill the ego. As you get into this world of spirituality, I need to kill my ego so that I can be pure spirit and, and do all these things. And the ego is not meant to be killed. There's a reason. There's an intelligent design as to why we have this ego and what its purpose is for. And one of the purposes, or the primary purpose, is that it gives us a container, it gives us an identity 
to live in this time-space reality that we are in. Now just imagine, if we didn't have the ego, we would just be pure spirit and we would be everything, everywhere, all at once. And I think that's a movie that uh, I recently saw. Uh, it was called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And so I encourage you to check. It's probably on Amazon Prime or, or one of those streaming services. But the main character in that movie, I just want to go a little bit aside here. The main character, Michelle Yeoh, she experiences this death of her ego where she starts to identify with all different types of realities that she's living in. So you can imagine, you know, if you watch that movie, you'll get a sense of what, uh, what I'm talking about. But it's like you, the ego protects you in this way of not having to deal with multiple different types of personalities, multiple energies, multiple, you know, in, as a spirit, you are vast. You are, you know, like the ocean. And what the ego does is that it just takes the part of you and puts it in a cup and says, let's, in order to live in this world as a human being, it's going to be easier to live as a cup versus living as this vast ocean trying to be everything, everywhere, all at once. And I mean, I say it's easy, but in, a, in reality, even being in that cup, there are some difficulties. And that's one of the things I want to, to talk about today is that this ego identity that you have, how can you best navigate it? Because the identity for me, this ego identity is Mitheshkapadia, you know, certain, you know, I was born on this date, I, I lived here, I, all these things that my ego identifies as me. You know, I look this way. And for you, it's a similar situation. It identifies all these different characteristics. And the challenge is that, think about what the, the ego, the purpose of the ego is to protect that identity. And the minute that it feels unsafe, it's going to create a scene. It's going to create those voices. So whenever you hear a voice or a thought that comes in that aims or that is really for the purpose of protecting you, protecting your identity, protecting who you believe to be you are, that's the ego speaking. And that's just one of the voices that exist in the mind. And I, when I say mind, I mean the whole collective, all these components of the, the memories, the, the ego, the, the, the lower mind and the higher mind. And, and then of course you are beyond. You as a spirit are beyond all of those things. This is just those four voices that we use as tools to live in this world. So there's the ego, and then there is the, what I'll call the lower mind, or the thinking mind. And this thinking mind 
is the, the whole purpose of this thinking mind is to carry out instructions to carry out it's the interface between you and the senses so this thinking mind you know allows you to, to move your hands it allows us to process sight and things that you're seeing allows you to smell all the all the sensory experiences this thinking mind is in charge of it's really the supervisor of the senses if you want to call it that way and oftentimes even though it's a supervisor it takes instructions from the ego because the ego is saying hey we are not safe here or hey we need to protect this identity so let's do xyz let's take xyz action and as a result that mind is really there to execute it's it's the best you know if you if you think about a team it is the best entity to take actions on actions with so your your thinking mind is really the one that really uh, is the expert at taking actions at implementing things at really putting yourself out into this world and taking an action and so when you hear that voice of okay i need to you know it, it you get a sensory input like you know for example the 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 thought that comes in when you you know when you see a a puddle that thinking mind gives you that that thought and saying okay if there's a puddle coming what do you want me to do and really what you want to do of course is either you know if you're if you're a kid you just jump in the puddle and play with it if you're an adult you maybe walk over it if you're you know somebody else you might find a way that the puddle doesn't affect other people there's so many different ways you can react to it but it's that that thinking mind that's going to give you that voice that thought so you have the ego which we don't want to kill by the way that it's really there to protect you to really give you a container in this world giving your spirit a container to be able to live and breathe in this time space reality spoke about the 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 lower mind or the thinking mind which is really there to take action and really giving you this interface with the senses and then there's the the memories of everything that has happened to you in your life and and really it could be this lifetime it could be even from previous lifetimes sometimes it has this access but it, it's how you perceived different things in a way and it gets stored in this memory bank so the way that you can tell this voice is speaking is that it brings up a memory it brings up hey do you remember this you know or if you see it it, it does a lot of that pattern matching where you know if you've been burned by fire or if you've uh had a dangerous situation for yourself that it created unsafety it immediately shows up or even just joyful situations and hey if you do this this is going to be joyful for you so similar to that experience that you had before so it does a lot of pattern matching this memory part of your your mind and it gives you that dialogue saying hey mitash this is just like that time where you went to the beach and you had so much fun this is just like that time where 
you know, you tried to climb up that ladder, but you didn't have it balanced. So have it balanced this time, right? So that you don't fall. So it's this memory voice of voice of yours is really there to to do a lot of pattern math, but it's it's limited. You know, if we keep listening to that voice, it's limited to what we've experienced or what we've knowingly or unknowingly taken on, putting in, into our memory bank. And this is a struggle a lot of us have. Uh, just as I was sharing the story earlier about me being on the mountain and why I was getting these different thoughts is because you know, at some point I've seen animals in, in the mountain. I've seen bear tracks. I've seen bear uh, droppings. I've seen coyotes. I've seen all these things. So it's like, you know, my memory bank was sharing like, hey, remember there are animals out here. Remember there are things out here. And that's why I was getting active. This is a exercise in self-awareness of really tapping into all the different functions of your mind. And the last one I want to highlight, so aside from the ego, aside from the thinking mind, aside from the memories, there's the higher mind. And the higher mind, that's the one that should be in charge in the sense that you, know, you designate as your CEO to make the decisions because the higher mind is all about discernment. In the yogic text, they call it buddhi. And buddhi is something that is really this discerning element where you can decide, you can choose, you can consciously step into this world hearing, you know, just like in any organization, the CEO is not just making decisions left and right, but it counsels the CFO, the CTO, the, the managers, the people, the employees, the, the clients, the customers, whoever it is, it, it takes in all of that input. And so when you get to this discernment place of, I hear the ego, what you're saying. I see what this thinking mind is, is offering me. I see what my memories are bringing forward to the surface. And here, based on all of that, here's the decision, here's the choice, here's the, the next thing that is going to be the best thing for us to go going forward. And that is your higher mind to be able to make that distinction. And that's the person or that's the, not the person, but that's the entity that really needs to be in charge. And you are beyond that. So a little hard to understand, but I think you can, you can grab this. This is the way that I see this is that, you know, you are that witness, which is just watching all of it. And you can inject yourself and in saying, all right, with the, all right, higher mind, where's the way, what's the best way to go right now? And that, voice will give you the best course of action and then you allow your entire being to take a certain action or a thought and this place of witnessing is very much possible you know i was in that up in the mountaintop just witnessing 
no, noticing what's going, noticing all the chatter and noticing that I was not able to relax because of something that was stirring up inside of me. And the problem here where we experience, you know, we come into this world, you know, just like you drive a vehicle, you are the, in the driver's seat, even though you have all these inputs of, you know, sensors telling you, you know, when the tire is flat or the, you know, when there needs, needs to be oil in the car there, or you have the ability to turn the AC on or turn the wipers on or honk the horn. You are the driver. You are the, the person with all of this sophisticated machinery around you to really be the one to, to figure out what's the best next step. And, you know, we come into this world, but we are not necessarily thinking or, or putting ourselves into that driver's seat. What happens is that we allow everything around us to, you know, instead of being in the driver's seat, we, we're like this person on a boat without any oars in the ocean, on water, where wherever the waves want to take us, that's where the boat will go. If the waves decide to take us to Greenland, then we're going to Greenland. If the waves decide us to take us to the U.S., we're going to the U.S. And, and that's how most of us, I have lived my life, much of my life in that way where, you know, whatever's coming my way, I'm going to go in that direction. And that's where conscious living comes in. What do we do with this now? You can take it a step further. You know, you have these, uh, you have this understanding of how the mind works. I have found that in order to bring this level of self-awareness is take a moment just for, just for yourself, just in this moment right now, take a moment wherever you're seated, on your chair, on the floor, wherever you are, if you're listening to this, even if you're in your car, be careful with that. But if you're wherever you are, just take a moment to breathe and just let that sensory experience of breath happen. Okay, try that again, take another breath. Okay, just relax yourself and just observe and, and see, aside from my voice, which is, of course, playing a factor here, but what are some of the voices, the thoughts that are coming into your mind at this point? You might be thinking, well, what am I thinking? This question is popping up. What am I thinking right now? What are the thoughts that are coming in? Or there might be thoughts about, you know, where's where's Mitesh going to go with this? Or, you know, I feel a little cold right now. Or whatever those thoughts are, just observe. Does the ego mess with the now? And what I'll say is that the, the ego really is in the now. And the challenge here is that it 
is in such a mode of protecting it, the ego is very much present because it's really diligent and aware of everything that's going on but it but it has one purpose and so if you want to call it messing with the now the one purpose is really to help you to to be this identity every single moment every single possibility and the the, the trick with the ego is that just knowing it and accepting that and honoring that rather than trying to fight it or resist it. And the way you do this is simply acknowledging it and saying, okay, have a dialogue with it. Okay, ego, I see you. I see that you want to protect me here. I see that you're looking out for my safety here. I see that you are really looking out for my benefit here. And when you have that dialogue, the ego's like, all right, you got me. I don't need to, you know, send out the alarms and, you know, make a ruckus in your head to, to get your attention. That's all the ego wants is that it just needs a little bit of a, your attention and knowing that you are with it, that you understand it, that you observe it. So the higher mind is the, is not yet that soul element. The higher mind is still has this physicality to it in the sense that it's part of your, your, the four functions. And the higher mind is really the operator or it needs to be the operator of these four functions. And so the buddhi, which I'll call the higher mind, is, is really that, like I said, the CEO, where you're almost like this witness you know, taking that analogy further, maybe you're, you can call it the board of directors. You as a spirit are, you know, with all the capacity that you have is that board of directors in this organization. And you designate the buddhi or that higher mind as your CEO to take on all of the, the things that you need to do in your day-to-day -day living. And making that discernment and, and really being able to give yourself this powerful part of you where, you know, sometimes you can get things, what I'll call wrong. I mean, there are no wrong choices, but you'll, you know, even the, the buddhi, you know, it needs refining in the sense that it will take what it has available and make the best decision according to it. But the, instead of the buddhi or the higher mind taking just from the ego and from the, the, the lower mind, the thinking mind, or from the memories, the way you refine it, and this is the work that uh, Shakti and I, and primarily Shakti has talked a lot about this intuition, is that you start to listen from that higher part of you, that intuitive voice, and you build that practice for your higher mind to start taking in messages from this spirit element of you, messages from source, messages from your intuition, messages from that, that higher place. And then making the decisions that you need to make discern. Even with that, you discern, you have your higher mind discern that all these voices are coming in. So there's a, there's another, 
element outside of these four functions, which is spirit giving you that direct connection. And that vast part of you, the higher, higher part of you, which you can really identify as yourself. So one way, one little trick, one little mechanism to help you navigate it, and I know this can get a little confusing, is that instead of saying, I want X, Y, Z, change the I to it. The ego, it wants this. The mind, it wants this. The senses, it wants this. My higher mind, it wants this. And then, then you start to practice being more of that, that place of a witness when you use the word it, instead of you identifying as this individual. So it's one way, one little mechanism that can help to move things along in the world.